clack. And there we go. Are we ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? I don't know if I'm ready. Back still hurts, but managed not to stress it uh, during today's workouts. Yes, I still worked. Uh, book tickets. Friday, we fly. Depart and arrive on the same day, which is sort of what I wanted to happen. Uh, had the credit card get flagged, of course, which is one of the fears that I was kind of thinking was going to happen. Alipay and WeChat, now going to accept foreign credit cards. Great stuff. 10 tips for flying. And a lot more on this episode of Stephen Sersky's Daily Audio Podcast. <laughs> oh, what is it? Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. Uh, and yes, this is uh, my daily audio podcast, my daily, daily audio digest. I publish this Monday to Friday. Uh, I post the, I've been trying to post the uh, MP3s up on my website, but they have not been loading. Uh, they haven't been uploading, so this presents a little bit of a problem for me. Um, as uh, it's, I kind of like having the record, you know, to have them there. So uh, whether or not I get around to uh, working on this before I depart for Canada, or if it's going to have to wait, or somehow I can, I'll probably have to upload them online to another drive and then update the website later. Anyway, long digression. Basically, um, I put all of these show notes and tracks up on my website there uh, on stevensersky.com. And of course, you can uh, follow me on uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google. That's where I stream uh, all of these uh, episodes Monday to Friday. Again, talking a little bit about the uh, life of uh, Beijing and uh, life in China, although it's primarily Beijing because that's where I live. Uh, and I work from home now, so <laughs> I see a very small piece of Beijing. And I do make sure to uh, uh, inform you of such if that's uh, what's ha what's happening. But uh, overall, I've been doing this for just over two years, this small podcast, and I have a larger podcast as well called The Steven Sersky Podcast, creative title, I know. And uh, that is uh, where I talk to other people, whether it's expats or other creatives, uh, a lot of other, would you call them foreigners? A lot of other people from around the world, um, and uh, they uh, do a lot of different things. I'm, I have actually... I have not been in touch with the couple of people I want to have on the podcast only because I've been thinking of this Canada trip. So, uh, But I have had 39 episodes published so far. And over the summer, I'm hoping to get that number up even higher. Anyway, so how are things going? Well, uh, my back is still tweaked. It's been bothering me all day, but I didn't want to miss a workout. I also didn't want to strain it. So I was sort of doing some things that would uh, help stretch and strengthen that location. It's right in between my shoulder blades. So it's like something, and it doesn't feel like it's bonular. Uh, it feels like it's muscular, which is sort of, uh, some sort of strange uh, strain, I guess it was. And it's a bit of an annoyance. It's more of an annoyance than anything else. Uh, but whenever I sit, uh, if I have to sit for a long time, I do kind of, it, it hurts. Lying down isn't a, I'm not sure, actually, lying down is a problem because I feel it every time I try to like shift and uh yeah none too good uh as a result uh, i was uh, today was sort of a light workout only did 3.5 kilometers at lunch we did have some heavy rain in the morning uh so i didn't get outside for the run i just did it on the treadmill inside and then of course some slow weights after work i wanted to make sure i got this workout in because starting basically tomorrow friday I don't know how regular my workouts are going to be. I'm actually thinking of getting a kettlebell for uh, in Canada 
and just having it at uh, you know in in my hometown. Maybe not this weekend at the hotel, uh, but uh, once I get back to Winnipeg, just getting a, a kettlebell and having that. Going for a run still, uh, doing some kettlebell work, like one kettlebell, that's it. And then that way, uh, you, you know, even if someone wants to take it after, go ahead. I don't it doesn't. I mean, it's not a huge deal. Right, uh, and I think there's a place to work out at my mom's place. I'm not entirely sure to tell you the truth, which is part of the uh, the issue of um, you know when you when you have these activities, when you want to go work out, do you go to the gym or do you stay at home and work out? Well, at my place, I have a place, uh, I have room, and I I've made room to work out, whereas other people might not have that room to work out. So something we will have to work out in terms of working out. <laughs> And yes, I did work today um, since I was sitting around and uh, looking at flight tickets. I'm like, you know, I could probably jump in for a bit as well. So I did a full day of work and I'll probably do a full day of work tomorrow as well. Uh, if you're wondering, like, Steve, why don't you just like, take some time off? I'm going, well, I, did, I didn't work last week and I'm kind of already, I don't want to say regretting uh, not working last week, given the fact that I never did go travel. But keep in mind, I, I was, I've been complaining about this uh, for the last couple of days, mentioning it quite a bit. Uh, that I didn't want to travel. I, I thought I wanted to, and that was the original idea, was to go to Europe for a few days. But uh, the whole problem with going to Europe, and I mentioned this yesterday, was that to fly to Europe to make it a cheaper ticket to get back to Canada, it was going to require me to fly for 9, 10, 12 hours into a city and then lay over for 20 hours or longer, two or three days, if I want to sightsee. And I didn't really want to sightsee because, again, you're, you're in that transition place place uh, position and then from Europe you're flying again another 10 to 12 hours and it just didn't seem like it was a very good use of my time so I decided to stay at home have a bit of a staycation get some things done that I wanted to and uh, so I did that and that was good it was very productive last week but already this week I'm sitting there going you know I could easily jump in since I'm not going to be leaving until either you know Wednesday Thursday Friday uh, and the reason I didn't leave Wednesday is because again the cheapest tickets were sort of these really long extended affairs However, today, finally solidified, Friday, I will depart. I leave Beijing uh, in the morning. I fly over to Seoul, South Korea, uh, and then I transfer there. I have, I'm booking at two different flights. So I'm booking with Air China, Air China, first of all. So hopefully they don't have any delays on Friday morning. And then Friday uh, evening, I guess it is, I'm getting on the plane in Seoul, South Korea. One of the first countries I lived in, actually the first country I lived in when uh, I first started traveling so many years ago, flying over to Vancouver and then on to Edmonton. So um, Friday is a travel day. Uh, not sure how much I'm going to, I'm not, probably not going to see much of Seoul at all. I have a five-hour layover, six-hour layover or something like that uh, in between um, landing in Seoul in the airport. But uh, that uh, at least, honestly, at least the payment went through. <laughs> this is actually one of the things I was kind of dreading about booking a ticket is because since I haven't used uh, the like one of my credit cards for such a long time online to buy anything substantial like this, uh, I knew it was going to get flagged and that means you have to call them and you're just like, oh my, it, it, the connection is terrible because they don't pay for very good connections. Uh, same with customer service. Customer service, they'll just let you sit there for hours. Like they don't care at all. Uh, and so it's... You know, you kind of dread doing that. In China, of all things, kudos to you, China, and the Chinese people for having good customer service. It's actually bizarre. Like, if you phone 
anybody at customer service in North America, you're waiting for a long time. And they're watching that phone ring, checking their Facebook, and just waiting for you to hang up, basically. China, they answer the phone like within a ring or two. Uh, and that's, that's if you're not already able to solve the issue with their AI chatbot, first of all. I mean, it is so... Of all things about living in China, and this is, oh, I'll tell you, it's it's hard thinking of living anywhere else if they don't have the same sort of level of technological um, experience. You're going, well, how slow are you guys? <laughs> we'll see. This is going to be interesting going back to Canada to see just how much, is it slower or how different or like, what's it going to be like going to Canada for a few weeks after living in a country where if I ordered something on Jingdong, it can literally arrive at my place that afternoon or the next day. And the guy will del- deliver a knock on my door. It's, I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what to think. Anyway, so uh, Friday I'm flying one of the planes I'm actually taking. And I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not very uh, impressed by this. It's the 737 MAX. And this is the, if this name rings a bell, that's because uh, they had two spectacular plane crashes uh, a couple of years ago that ended up grounding them. And this was in the midst of the pandemic. So it was like, uh, it, was a, it was a Lion Air crash and there was another one. Uh, and it, they crashed like within two or three months of each other. It was, it was terrible. 300 people died. Over, over 300 people died. Um, just that, not something you really want to think about before you fly one of these things. Uh, but they are back in service. I was reading up on it, uh, and they, they, I guess they got reinstated back in 2021. And I remember when that, uh, that incident, like those accidents happened, those crashes, uh, that they had, they interviewed, wasn't, sh- I'm not sure if it was an Air Canada pilot, but they, they interviewed some, uh, or they got commentary, I guess, from North American pilots, people who had flown in, you know, not third world countries, basically, people who were flying big routes all the time and they said yeah the issue with this thing was that you had to understand what it was trying to do you flick it off you correct and then you could either re-enable it or whatever and I remember thinking that that does make sense to tell you the truth that uh, in some of these places where they're selling them the newest and greatest technology but the pilots uh, might not have the same sort of training or the airlines don't have the same standard of training as uh, some other places do. So it's, uh, it, you know, it, again, it's a tragedy that those crashes happen. And again, not something I really want to think about. But uh, uh, I am, when I saw that, it was, this is one of the planes that I was going to be flying on I'm over mountains because Vancouver to Edmonton. I'm like, oh, goodness, this is like, come on, really? Oh, of all things, of all things. So uh, pray for me. Uh, had the credit card get flagged, that was kind of interesting. So I had to call them and say, yeah, no, it is me. I had to verify a bunch of things. And, they, and they're like, are you in China? And I'm like, yeah, I've been here for a long time. And I'm trying to get back to Canada after four years. And they're like, yeah, we, we get you. So I had to go through that little rigmarole, which was which was fine. I mean, once uh, I got through the whole sort of waiting and stuff like that, the, uh, the fraud department actually picks up pretty quickly. It's the customer service that won't. The customer service will take forever. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, anyway, uh, sorry, I got to clarify this. I was trying to call customer service for the airline, for Air Canada, and they just didn't pick up. The credit card, the fraud department, they picked up pretty much right away. So 
Um, of course, the token sort of uh, verification of who you are and stuff like that. Uh, and then they asked me a bunch of questions that I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to think of some of the information I gave them. Like, wow, yeah, that's a. It's been a while since I've ever talked that I had to talk to anybody about like any of this stuff. So, uh, yeah. So it was a. Uh, it was good that it's one of these times where you sort of appreciate the security that's in place in some of these systems. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Alipay and uh, WeChat. Uh, this is actually uh, very much allied with my credit card getting flagged. Uh, some improvement here uh, in uh, in Beijing, well, in China. Overall, WeChat and Alipay. Now, uh, a lot of us who have lived in China have not only experienced the wonderful uh, effects of Waimai and, um, you know, the expedience of deliveries in the major cities, but we've also had, we also take something for granted that is horrible for anybody who's trying to travel through this country. Uh, and that is simply using WeChat and Alipay to scan QR codes or pay for stuff. I mean, it, it's a something, it, it's become a utility. It's like drinking bottled Nongfu water or Ibao uh, water. Uh, it's just not something that you really think of because uh, it, we just do it so often. I mean, how, how do people pay for stuff in Canada? This is going to be my next great sort of adventure because, uh, I mean... With Apple Wallet, okay, Google Pay, do people actually use those things? Like, how do you even use it? I don't know. And what sort of verification do I need to go through? And is it going to flag my credit card again? I wonder. This is this is going to be, I want to say fun, but I don't think it's going to be fun. It's going to be one of these things of aggravation. I thought you said you had a job, Stephen. I do have a job. It's real. Believe me, I've been in China. Uh, so Alipay and WeChat are going to allow foreign credit cards to be linked to their accounts, uh, which I don't know, are people going to try? I'm guessing that there's a wider market than just us, you know, skeptical uh, North Americans who are like, well, you're going to track all of our purchases. MasterCard and Visa do it anyway. You, they probably know more about you than you want them to do, uh, want them. But uh, they that's what makes your life so easy when you buy stuff is that they know who you are. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I'll link anything to WeChat or Alipay. I kind of like to have a bit of a, that separation. But I say that now because it's, I don't need to. Uh, push come to shove and convenience and need might actually uh, align and make me have to register a card with uh, WeChat and Alipay. The, the big fear, of course, being like, uh, who is getting that information? But MasterCard and Visa are both in China anyway. So any sort of storage information any information storage that they have it's all going to be on the mainland just like i think it's like with the apple icloud all of their information is stored on if you have a chinese account it's stored on the mainland servers it doesn't get sent overseas and i think that's pretty standard protocol and i'm pretty sure they're copying the united states or europe in that practice uh trying to switch off a little bit uh, will be hard because i know uh, switch off from work i should say because um once I get back, and I'm already thinking once I get back, this, so I've, I've completed, um, I've recently completed uh, what I call a creative season. So that ended at the end of May with uh, a video challenge called uh, May You Make Your Movie Video Challenge. And I posted all of these uh, on uh, YouTube and Instagram under the handle May You Make Your Movie. You can watch all the uh, very short little movie clips I've made over the last, actually I've been doing this for three years already, uh, one month content sprints in the month of May and March. Uh, and it's the, <laughs> that was the end of one chunk of six months. And now I'm entering into 
another chunk of six months that's going to be busy and full of movement. And I'm already kind of looking, going, oh my goodness, Stephen, this I, I'm not. I'm starting to dread it, to tell you the truth. And I'm looking at, I'm not looking forward to it because it kind of takes me out of my comfort zone and out of my very peaceful life that I have. So the trip number one here is to Canada, arranging tickets. So that's all check marked and done. Uh, but then the next trip will be, well, I'm sorry, not the next trip. The next big movement will be at the end of August, whether or not I have to move apartments. Uh, I was, I've been mentioning that I might move into a bigger place later on. Uh, and that uh, basically means that at the end of August, I have to pack up all this crap that I have here and probably purge it. So, which also kind of knocks on to, onto this trip back to Canada going, whatever suitcase of stuff that you bring here, guess what? You got to move it again whenever you move apartments. So how much do you need it? And how much do you want it, baby? Because <laughs> uh, I think, what's the saying? If you If you move apartments and you don't touch... If you don't touch it after, is it after three weeks? Is it or is it like if you move apartments and you don't open the box, then just throw it out, sort of thing? I guess or I, I don't know. Easy to say, hard to do because you know you open these boxes and you're like, wow, oh, look at that! These old, I don't know, Nintendo Power magazines. Oh, these old comic books I used to draw. You know, you know reminiscing and stuff like that. Some people can throw that stuff away. Other people, and I know creatives have a problem with this. We're hoarders of a different sort. We might not hoard everything, but we hoard things like that where we think where we think we ha it has value for us that, you know, if we ever passed away, someone will look at it and go, wow, look, he was such a brilliant artist or she was such a brilliant uh, uh, artist or creative person. We have to keep this. It might be worth something. <sighs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. And that's that's tough because if, let's put it this way, if you're a creative and you've left that stuff and you've passed away and someone else has to deal with it and they look at it and go, oh, that's neat, bye, they throw it out. There's your value right there, basically. It's 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 almost heart-wrenching to think of it that way, but pretty uh, pretty close. Anyway, so uh, with all this trying to switch off from work, uh, work mode into a bit of um, not work mode. I don't think it's going to be possible, to tell you the truth. I think this three weeks, uh, it's going to be, I'm going to be thinking about work. I'm going to be thinking about money. I'm going to be thinking about the next move. I'm going to be thinking about the podcast. I'm going to be thinking of all the different creative projects and other stuff. So this is actually something I'm going to have to deal with going forward anyway, uh, that there might not be such thing as a vacation per se. There might be time that I'm out of my studio, whatever that word might refer to, whether it's this place or like an actual studio where I'm outside of what I normally do. And I don't want to say comfort zone because that, that's not fair. It's Whatever, wherever I'm situated, my home base, my home place, uh, where I sleep most of the time, basically. There are going to be times I'm going to be away from that for extended periods of time. And I'm going to have to deal with the fact that I still want to be creative. I still want to do this stuff. I still want to see people. And I still want to generate income and all that stuff and make sure that things aren't dropping um, uh, behind or falling too far behind, basically. Because I do see value in, publish the, in publishing these um podcasts every day and I, I i see value in making sure that i am consistent in keeping stuff going um because whether it's you know a month from now probably never usually a month from now a year from now three years from now looking back and going boom i remember that day i was in canada for that or i was in south korea i was here i was there so again i see value in it 
going to keep on going. Uh, 10 tips for flying. Well, 10 tips for travel, I guess I, 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 guess I should say, because uh, uh, this is uh, on my mind. Uh, number one, get some sleep beforehand. If you have trouble sleeping, think about what would you what you would do if this was any other normal day. The other thing that you can think of, take zinc supplements uh, as uh, that uh, has take zinc supplements uh, for sleep uh, to help with sleep to help with sleep. Of course, check with your doctor. Uh, I'm gonna put that in there too. Uh, check with your doctor if okay. If okay. Uh, and I've found that uh, zinc helps me get to bed uh, very, very nicely, uh, usually within 30 minutes. And I think um, even with this upcoming trip, might be upping my dosage to two little pills. So that'd be 20 milligrams of zinc per day, at least until the jet lag subsides. And then after that, moving back to one pill again, if I have to. So I uh, get sleep beforehand. And uh, yeah, basically, whenever you are having trouble, and you're getting anxious or anything like that, think about what a normal day for you is like. And think and just go through those motions. And don't think too much about having to fly. But this is also followed by uh, oh, where did I put it? Um, number seven, I uh, start packing a week in advance. <laughs> um, I'll come back to that one. Number two, search for your destination and see which airlines uh, fly into there and then search their website, uh, their, like the, uh, the airline's website, just to make sure that, uh, to see if you can find any other deals because they might have other deals that aren't being listed on the discount sites. Uh, buy earlier than two months. As I mentioned this before. I was talking about this uh, a couple days ago about uh, how from China, this year sort of a, seems to be an exception because of coronavirus, but uh, also I was trying to fly from Beijing. I was trying to book all the tickets all at once from Beijing into uh, my, my final destination here, my, or my, my next destination, I should say. Uh, pay, 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 right, right? <laughs> what I wasn't taking into account is that there's another country right beside us that's two hours away that a lot of carriers fly out of all the time, and they have been for a lot longer since they, a lot longer than they've been flying out of Beijing recently. And so that's where this idea came from, to go to Seoul, South Korea, fly out from there to Vancouver, and then onwards. I mean, I knew as soon as I could get out of Beijing, it would get a little bit easier to find flights uh, to where I need to go. The problem was that I was, I'm situated in Beijing, and even now, they don't have direct flights between, uh, or at least it doesn't, doesn't look like a, all the ones that I've been looking at. You got to fly down to Shanghai, and then from Shanghai, you got to transfer into Vancouver. So, uh, so, so check... Check your destination or buy earlier than two months. Uh, make sure that you can um, find what you want, but also check neighboring locations. Uh, this goes on to uh, number four. Check the discount sites. Check the discount websites and see which connections they uh, are suggesting and then see if you can reconstruct that connection at a lower cost or at a more convenient uh, time for you, maybe higher cost. And this is something that I had to swallow here uh, with this trip. I'm paying more for it, but it's pretty much the trip that I want to do. Uh, it, I'm not delayed or anything, like that, at least not yet. Uh, I, I'm flying on Friday morning and I'm landing Friday night, which is exactly what I wanted. That way I can hopefully train my body a lot faster to get into uh, uh, whatever it is next time zone that I have to. Uh, number five, go over land for part of the journey. 
Uh, so I was talking about flying out of Shanghai from Beijing to Shanghai. You could fly or you could take the train. Uh, you could take the bus somewhere, something like like that as well. Uh, so you could uh, take. Um, you don't you don't you don't have to be committed to flying right away. Basically, if you can train it to somewhere or bus it to somewhere uh, that might offer you a discount ticket, try it. See what happens. Uh, number six, uh, don't forget to check if your ticket includes checked luggage or carry-on luggage and the weight restrictions because each airline sort of has um, different varying re weight restrictions on their carry-on and on their check, whether it's 13 kilos, 20 kilos, etc., 25 kilos. Uh, I don't think I have 25 kilos of stuff. I might. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but, uh, and again, this goes back to uh, carrying a cloth bag in your uh, backpack that you can sort of expand your packing as you go. So if they say that your backpack, your carry-on is too heavy, you can check the backpack and use the cloth bag to carry your essentials on the plane. Number seven, I'll start packing a week in advance for sure, even if it's just small bits and pieces you assemble or gather into one place. For example, uh, toiletries are very common, so you want to make sure you have your type of shampoo, your type of conditioner, your your special nail clippers that actually work and you don't have to find another one at a drugstore that rip, you know, are too hard or too sharp and they cut you. Not that I have any experience with this. Yes, I do. Uh, things like this. Or just gather your socks, your uh, gather the shirts you want to take, put them in one place, fold them up, get them ready. You don't have to put them in the luggage just yet. The, just make sure you have an inventory going uh, that you can see is progressing along your travel um, plans. Uh, number eight, go over your carry-in and uh, carry-on and onboard travel back pack. Uh, so what I mean by this is what will you have to use during the flight? And I'm talking sleep mask, a pen, your cell phone, earphones, your charger. Put that into your pockets. Hold that. Put that into a little baggie, like a baggie inside of your carry-on, and then that way... You can just take the little baggie out and sit down with it. You don't have to reach into each and every different pocket. I found it's very helpful. Uh, kind of like a little medicine bag, I guess you would call it. So you have a day pack for your day pack, basically. It's, again, that cloth bag would uh, be okay, but the cloth bag might be a bit bigger. And I'm talking about like a little plastic uh, Ziploc bag or something where you just put a pen, your notebook, your cell phone, uh, earphones, uh, charger, cable, or something like that. Um, and anything else that you might think you need when you're sitting in the middle row of an airplane, <laughs> because that's typically what you're going to get when you're flying. Uh, do we ever really get the, the seats that we really like? Anyway, number nine, uh, brush your teeth before you leave your apartment. So before you actually fly, uh, just brush your teeth, you can even wash your hair, why not? Uh, make sure you're nice and clean and ready for any sort of extended flight, because you'll just feel better. Um, that way you're, you still only have one day. You might like to say, oh, well, I got 37 hours of travel behind me. It's like, no, you have one day, okay? <laughs> you left at 6 a.m., you landed at 6, uh, 6, 6 p.m. That's one day, okay? Brush your teeth for that. It's not like your, your teeth experienced 39 hours of life, yet you, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you still only experience one day. Okay, so brush your teeth before you go, like wash your hair, have a shower, uh, and then that way you're you're clean as clean as you can be heading into your long destination. Number ten, uh, know your passwords. Make sure that.
that you've got your pin codes and your passwords and your phone numbers all sort of read, memorized, known at this point. Uh, and number 11, I'm going to call the, uh, I'll give you a bonus one here, do a dummy check. Uh, so this is something that uh, you get in the film industry. Uh, they have one last person at the end of the shoot day. Whenever they clear location, they do a dummy check. So they just have one last little look. Uh, usually it's the grip department that does this. Uh, they take, take a look around and stuff, making sure there's no real, no, if there is damage, you know, it's accounted for. Uh, but uh, any stuff that there's no loose screws or any, uh, you know, pony clips and stuff like that, any, any sort of film production stuff that isn't left behind. Some of the, the military does this too as well. Um, so do a dummy check. Look under the bed, look under the chairs, check in between the pillows. Just make sure you do a thorough sort of search. Anywhere you thought you didn't put something, where you put something, check that. Just in case, just try it. It's called a dummy check. Do it anyway. Very Even after you've packed up everything and you know you got everything, do a dummy check. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevenstrixky.com. And, of course, you can uh, stream this on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, and I think if it's, uh, it's even on Amazon these days. All right, so thanks again. Wish me luck uh, for this uh, trip coming up. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we'll see. Uh, I should be able to publish another episode in Beijing tomorrow night. And after that, we'll see what time it gets posted. Thanks again. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.